Mindfulness Mode, Episode 23. By being mindful, you're really building a relationship with yourself. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for the great reviews on iTunes. Keep them coming. I'm going to read one by Father of 10-Year-Old. Bruce does a great job of providing the direction to get a mindfulness mode. He has a true desire to help you by providing the essentials to have less stress, be calm, and be happy. Keep it up, Bruce. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Lynette Renda on the line today. Hey, Lynette, are you in mindfulness mode? I live in mindfulness mode, Bruce. Fantastic. Lynette Renda is a writer with a master's in fine art and creative writing. She's written two novels as well as abundant online content. Lynette is also a motivational speaker and coach, and she has a very active Facebook group called Motivate Me Ultimate Support System. She was an English teacher in a school for 12 years and believes mindfulness has brought her focus and clarity and has ultimately changed her life. Lynette, tell me about your life right now. What's happening? Oh my gosh, life right now is so exciting, Bruce. I have to tell you, I did resign from teaching in the spring, so it was a giant leap. It was probably the scariest thing I've ever done, leaving a secure job for one that's kind of doing very similar to to what you do and just raising awareness and getting people excited about life again. Right. And it's a lot of work, although teaching high school English is a lot of work too. So it's very time consuming. It's a five day a week show. So I have a lot to do and a lot of great interviews. And you know, you know how that is like, you know, today, the show that aired today, the woman is from Singapore tomorrow. It's a woman from Australia So all different time zones, and it's been pretty exciting. Oh, that is exciting. And I totally feel what you're describing. You know, you have a a full-time job as a teacher, and people around you are saying, you know, this is a a secure job, Lynette. You know, you need to keep this. And and I get that because that's where I was. I loved teaching music, too. I really enjoyed it. But there were aspects of it, and so I left it behind to do other things. But way to go. That takes a lot of courage. No wonder you're inspiring others other people to be motivated. Yes. And you know, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity in all seriousness. Now I know we'll, you know, we always hear about being appreciative and being grateful and um, abundance and all those great things that come with being mindful and living the lives that we choose to lead. But you know, it's, it's really funny, Bruce, because I feel, I feel all of those things that everybody talks about but they're so personal to me, so intimate to me that I don't feel like I feel them in the way everybody talks about them. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. They're so personal to me that, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Lynette, when did mindfulness first become part of your life? Well, I have to say that originally it really just, like exactly like I just said, where I don't feel like it happened for me like everybody else, which I'm sure everybody feels. Right because it is such an intimate experience. But for me, it was kind of sneaky. It really started with my desire to help other people improve their lives. And when I say that, I mean, I could go back to, I mean, I could go way back, but I could go back to even just when my daughter was young and I had a Girl Scout troop and I started working with the girls and, you know, my relationship with my, my peers, I was always that one that was in the deep conversation with people. And then I went to college. I didn't go to college until I was 30. 
And then I got my MFA when I was 40 while I was teaching. But with my students, with my coworkers, you know, just I just really love deep listening and trying to figure out, well, why are you doing that? Or how can you look at that differently? Or how can you make your life better? And then why aren't you doing it? You know, like don't, if you, if we're going to pull all this out of you and we're going to take this time to discover it, and this is how I am as a friend and a person. If we're going to do that, okay, we got it. Here it is. We're looking right at it. This is the problem. Now, what are you going to do about it? You know, so moving forward with these with this want to help people in that way, I finally, um, in, you know, joined, I finally enrolled in a coaching program. And that took me time, Bruce, because I didn't feel like, I, you know, I thought coaches were the type of people who told everybody what to do. And I really didn't understand until I called and spoke with them and got involved that really it's exactly what I had been doing, helping people see that forest from the trees and helping them make connections and plans that work for them and then just holding them accountable and, and driving them in that direction. Right. So you were already an expert at it before you even really started the training. Well, I would definitely say that I had some experience, but um, when we talk about being mindful, I know there's a whole bunch of different philosophies and there's a lot of really great people who teach a lot of really great different things and some are the same and some are slightly different. And the one area that I definitely feel is different for me is the program and the philosophy that I study, which is the school is IPEC and the founder is Bruce Schneider. And, you know, there's, you can listen to all different programs where they talk about levels of energy. Sometimes they break it down into four. Sometimes it's 15. Well, this is um, seven levels of energy and the seven levels of energy. Once it's information that once you know it, you can never not know it ever again. You can't look at life the same. Like level one, you know, is victim energy. Well, this is what feeling like the victim or playing the victim is, is all about. Level two is conflict en energy. So you talk about, you know, butting heads with people and being dominated or dominating others, you know, and level three is more where you're, you're finally getting into that anabolic energy that's, that's no longer destructive, that builds you up instead of breaks you down, but it's a very kind of selfish place to be. Like I win. But, you know, if you win too great, but it's really about me winning where, you know, the fourth level of energy is where you self-sacrifice and you care too much for other people and not enough for yourself. Level five is a, a healthy give and take. Level six is where you start getting, you know, there are no spokes. We're all the wheel. And then level seven is that zone flow state, really creative. I'm, I'm the creator, the participant and the observer all at one time. So once you learn in detail what these levels of energy are and we all use them and we use all of them and when you know what they are you can identify them you can control them and it just does change your perspective on life so once I got all of that learning done you know it really started moving me in a good direction wow and I can see that as a coach you would really be able to dig deep with all that knowledge that you've just outlined that's and thanks for the brief outline because that is really interesting Lynette I want you to take us back to one of your high school English classes how did you use mindfulness with those students I mean you wanted to help them you wanted to connect with them you wanted to reach them but how did you use mindfulness to do it well, with the kids and, you know, I went through this program, um, I'd say after teaching, but it was 
really my natural instinct to just lift the kids up. And one of the biggest things that you want to do when you look at these seven levels of energy is you want to identify where you're at and then figure out how to raise or shift that level of energy. So let's say, and this is years ago, I think this was maybe my third year teaching. There were two boys and they were twins. And one of the boys was in my basic skills class. And I didn't have his brother, but his brother um, didn't have the same issues that he had learning. And I didn't really realize it at the time because this was just like a, a natural thing that I did. But, you know, I just saw that he was so down on himself, you know, mm-hmm. and to all the parents out there, our kids are going to be great in some areas and they're going to need work in other areas. We don't need to judge our children by their grades in a high school English class or any other class. We can't judge their person by this, you know, because I I was teaching freshmen. It's a very transitional year and the kids have a lot going on. And of course I had high expectations academically for my students, but I also saw the person. And I think you can't push forward unless you see the person Um, and the time has to be right for them. You know, you can't just push them when they're not ready. So this one student, all I did really, Bruce, was just notice that he was down on himself. I acted as if it was no big deal about what he thought was, you know, how he was being so hard on himself. I acted as if that one issue was not a big deal, that that's what we're here to do is learn. And this basic skills class is going to give us the opportunity to work together. And I just literally watched him as he pulled his head up off the desk and sat straight. And, you know, I'll never forget it because that Christmas he baked me chocolate chip cookies from his grandmother's recipe and he put them in a tin and he put a matching bow on it that he tied himself. And his mom came to tell me that he would not let her help him at all and that he even did the bow by himself. I mean, that is an amazing compliment. Wow, Lynette, that is such a powerful story. I can just see that gift sitting there and the glow on his face, you know, as he was giving it to you. What a difference you made in that one person's life and, of course, in hundreds and thousands of students' lives. That's fantastic. I want to talk about discipline you know, I always get a lot of feedback from Mindful Tribe about discipline and ways that they are able to be disciplined in your lives and and that kind of thing. But Lynette, what are some comments you would have about discipline and how to be disciplined with mindfulness? Well, when I think about discipline and mindfulness, I don't think about, I know lots of times when you hear discipline, you immediately people go to diet and exercise and those types of things. Sure. I don't. Because I feel, again, like there's so much more to a person. I think that's important. Don't get me wrong. But when I think about discipline, I think about people that I'm working with and and how when I try to work with somebody, if they are not bought in to the process, then they will never accomplish. So to me, buy-in is discipline. You have to commit in that way. And it's really funny, Bruce, because I've worked with people pro bono to, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, but really that doesn't help them because for some reason, people also need a financial buy-in when working with a coach because it holds them more accountable because something's tied to it that means something to them, which is money. So you can try and work with people and 
very few people, unless they have some kind of buy-in, are going to hold themselves accountable in that way. So I think people have to buy in. They have to make their own plans that work specifically for them. And they need somebody to hold them accountable, but they also need something tied to it. Is, is That has been my experience. And I totally agree with you. And when I work with people on mindfulness and bullying prevention, that's the same thing. If, if it's just something that they've put on their to-do list that they should do and it's kind of surfacy, it's not really going to happen. It has to be something from within that they really want to change. You know, Lynette, I have worked in bullying prevention for quite a while and I'm sure you have a story about bullying and maybe it has a mindfulness element or not, but what do you have to share with us about that topic? Well, I definitely think it does have a mindfulness about it because working in a high school, working in a high school, there's many opportunities, unfortunately, to be exposed to bullying situations. And let's say the student's name is Sean. Sean is a little guy. Okay. So that automatically kind of draws some attention to him in a high school setting that he is smaller. Again, you know, if you really look at your classroom, you you can see a lot of things by standing in the front of the classroom if you are looking. Yes. And so this one student, I called him outside of the classroom and I said, Sean, what is going on with you today? You're just, you're not being yourself. And lots of times kids will act out when they're, when they're unhappy or they're down or they want to be seen. They'll do things that, you know, will get them disciplined. But I found as a teacher, it's always better to ask questions than make statements where maybe my first year teaching, I would immediately think I needed to reprimand. Very quickly, I learned what is going on is the best first question. And that's a good thing to do with your kids as well, I feel. Yes, absolutely. I agree. So I brought him out. So I said, what is going on? And he was like, nothing. Mm -hmm. And immediately I saw tears coming into his eyes. So I was like, look at me, look right at me. And he doesn't want to. And I'm like kind of playing around with him a little bit. And I said, no, seriously, what is going on? And he said, sometimes I don't feel that good about myself. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, is today one of those days? And he's like, yep. And I was like, well, does it have anything to do with what's going on in class? Is it, is there anybody in here that's making you feel like that? And he nodded his head. Yes. Mm. So I was like, okay. And I said, well, what's the problem? They're making fun of my size. So one of the things I did, because shifting that energy is the key, right? Yes, it is. So I said, Sean, how tall is your father? And he said, oh. And his, immediately his energy shifted. Yes. Smiled. His father's over six feet tall. And I said, Sean, what makes you think you're not going to be? I said, my brother was your size at your age, and he is six foot three now. Mm -hmm. I said, you're going to catch up. Don't worry about that. And I took care of his energy level first. And I said, why don't you stay after school with me today? We'll get your homework done. And then when you get home, you know, you'll feel so much better. And he was just smiling and, and he did come after school and he did get his homework done. But the way I, I handled that in another way though, because of course I need to take care of the person who was making these comments to him, who he didn't name. And I don't, I don't blame him. Sure. Yeah. But so I waited a day or two and then using the literature, I stopped and talked about, you know, talked about as if it was using the springboard was a character in the story, but 
but then related that quickly to their peers. And I said, you know, you don't always know what's going on at home for some of your peers. And I spoke for about, I would say, a good three minutes about that people have challenges that they don't show you. And sometimes a kind word goes a long way. And sometimes a cruel world word, sometimes a cruel word goes even further. And I just, and basically I could tell you right now, by the physical reaction of the kids, I could tell exactly who the student was. Right. I bet you could. Yeah. So I did use that opportunity to shift the energy in a way that was non-evasive. Right. Wow. Or I should say in a way that was non-invasive. Yeah. What a great story. It really is. So what does mindfulness look like on a day-to-day basis for you in your personal life? Do you practice mindfulness as meditation or what does it look like? Let's say, for example, yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday, I had my husband outside in the hot tub. The sun was shining through the trees. I turn the bubbles off and I say to my husband, close your eyes and just listen. I said, as you're doing that, I want you to hear the birds chirping. I want you to hear your breath. I want you to scan from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, back to the bottom of your feet. And let's just sit in the still water, feel the sun on our faces and breathe. So I I know that's one example of a Sunday, but very often I will do something like that. And for me also, I'd say on a more regular basis, because I do try to meditate, but I do it differently. Just the stillness. I just really appreciate the stillness. And sometimes it's silence inside. Sometimes it's silence listening to nature outside. But also there's two songs that I really like to listen to that just reach my core. One is Adele, Someone Like You, and one is by somebody named Josh Kratchik, Let Me Hold You. And those two songs, I just, before a coaching call, sometimes before interviews, I'll just put my headphones on and just be in that song. Lynette, you did that transition from teaching into podcasting and presenting and being a coach. Tell us how you did that? How did you motivate yourself? Because I know you motivate others, but how did you motivate yourself and how was mindfulness a part of that? Well, you know, the the thing is this, I have a history in my life of taking risks. Also, I'm confident. So I think that those two things combined, like having history, being confident, and having a husband that was encouraging and really pushed me out of the door from teaching to say, you can do this and I I support you taking this risk. And then just to hit the ground running with a sincere focus and a knowing that I can do this and that I have a message to share with people that is so important, you know, to get people to improve their lives and to raise their awareness like you're doing, Bruce, to teach people about what being mindful is and that, you know, what they, what they want to get out of their time here 
they can and why not? And, and, you know, I continue to do this every day through my Facebook group, the Motivate Me Ultimate Support System. I'm able to interact with my listeners there and listeners interact with guests and we're able to keep that connection going, you know, so I have the episode and then we just continue to support this and people are sharing memes and quotes and pictures, real pictures of what they're doing and it's really inspirational and it it's making my world, it's just that my world now is only this. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm not in a negative space anymore. So everything is what I want it and I won't tolerate any of that toxic negativity. I just won't do it. Yes, I totally understand that. A couple of years ago, I decided to eliminate media for the most part from my life. So I don't listen to the news. I don't read the newspaper, you know, for the most part, the odd time I do, but it has really changed me. It's really made me feel so much more positive, so much more upbeat all the time. So if you get someone in your group that really is down and discouraged and they really need motivation, what's your number one thing that you would do? My number one thing would be to ask a couple questions and also to start pulling in other people from the group, right? Because there's so much power in a group rather than one person. And there's other people who have experienced things that are similar. And if I know that, I'll definitely tag them in the comment to say, hey, you know, so-and-so has been through this before, you know, and then we just all do what I call loving them up. We just love them up a little bit. Lynette, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Above and beyond, it is Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, And I listen to, I have on audible.com some of his books. One of them is Inner Wisdom, Volume 1 and 2. And I basically just continuously listen to this. And I also uh, listen to his podcast. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's given me permission to be empathetic. It's given me permission to touch base with my feelings in a way that let me like with nature, like in the hot tub yesterday, it just puts me in a place that allows me to feel more openly and regularly without thinking there's something wrong with me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You've described breathing a little bit, you know, with your hot tub story, but tell us, how is breathing a part of your mindfulness practice? Well, I definitely know that getting more oxygen into your body is great for your body and your energy levels and your focus. So getting more deep breaths in, like six deep breaths at a time, from what I've heard, is really great for your body and your energy level. But also something that I've learned is how listening to your breath during meditation, listening to your breath to calm yourself down. So it's not even just about the breath. It's about listening to the breath and how it, how doing that distracts you from everything else that's going around enough for you to relax, to use that as a tool. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? Well, you know, because I talk about the seven levels of energy, the Bruce Schneider did write a book and it includes the seven levels of energy in a corporate setting. So it shows you how you can identify these seven levels of energy, 
how people interact together with the different levels and, and how to change or engage people. So even though it, and even though it's a corporate setting, you can use this. I mean, I want to reread it again because you can just identify characteristics and issues and relationship problems. So that book is called um, Core Energy Leadership by Dr. Bruce Schneider. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? Well, the one app that I use is Headspace. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one before. Yes, I have. I would think so. Um, it's a guided meditation, 10 minutes. So, and the first, I think 10 are free. And I found that helpful in the beginning when I was trying to first learn how to meditate. So they're guided meditations. And like I said, the other um, like app would be Dr. Dyer's podcast. And I guess there's, I haven't gone to, because I'm still listening. There's not a ton of podcasts on there for him and they're short, but they're really important. And I guess they also have a radio station that I want to try and find how to do that. What advice would you give a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Well, I would say that they should take the time to really understand what it means to be mindful and to understand that by being mindful, you're really building a relationship with yourself and that it's going to change your entire life and your entire perspective on life. So be mindful get to know yourself better and then look through look at the world through those new lenses because you will see that you're going to get more out of life because of it. Oh that's great. I like that. Lynette, it's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today and I'm certainly inspired by how you are inspiring others and motivating them in their lives because we all need that. So that is fantastic. Lynette, how can Mindful Tribe contact you and learn more about what you do? You can email me at Lynette at MotivateMePodcast.com. And Motivate Me Podcast is our website name. And Motivate Me Ultimate Support System. Feel free to join our group. We love to have as many people as we can to join this community and get it going. Oh, super. That's fantastic. Well, thanks again. Awesome talking with you, Lynette. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's been a pleasure. And you know what? There can't be enough of us out there getting this word out. Right. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.